You're listening to a DM podcast. Welcome to Over the Back Fence. I'm Di Edwards. I'm Nicola Dale, and we're buddies of nearly four decades. And yes, we actually do happen to share a back fence. We do. <laughs> we love parties, people, inspirational stories, and honestly, making the most out of life. <laughs> so join us as we open our hearts, share our stories, and hear from some of the most inspirational people in the world. And have a laugh <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> Nicola, it's funny, you know, when you go to a gym or a Pilates class or even the physio, really, or a Cairo, and there's mirrors mm. everywhere, and you're usually in uncompromising positions with what, <laughs> whatever you're doing, right? And I went to a Pilates class with two others, and I remember doing something, and it was obviously on a reformer that was very close to a big mirror, <laughs> that I call the fattening mirror, but it was a reality check because as I was leaning down on my arm, I went, oh, my God, everyone, what's wrong? I went, I must be old. Look at my arm. Like, there was all these wrinkles on my arm. And I went, because I had the pressure on it, right, hanging down. And I went, I didn't realise that I was old. (laughs) Where's the iron? Where's the steamer? Uh, it's cruel sometimes, you know, but, isn't it? You know what? I actually thought of you because I thought we don't think about age. We don't think of age. No, not at all. We we are so driven by joy and happiness, and you know this is a whole new beginning. Late fifties, early early sixties, and it was like such a shock it in that moment. Shock. It was a pivotal moment of. I, and I said it really loud. I must be old. <laughs> and I was just like, what, where did that What did everyone from? else in the gym yeah, Everyone <laughs> was rolling. They fell off reformers and everything. But I was being honest. You know, I vocalised what I felt. And I was like, whoa. You know, and then the Pilates teacher said, she said, I've been teaching for so long. I've never heard anyone say <laughs> but Di, that is such yeah. a good point because you do. You sometimes you feel like you're 25, and I've I've you know had the same thing. And you know, when I've gone down, I've done the stretches. <laughs> then I've looked at my legs. And I'm going, oh, they're not really smooth anymore. How did that happen? Or you take legs up and you go, and you do get a, you get a shock because you, you sort of think, how did that happen? Yeah. Or when I actually had to have a little X-ray, and then they said there's a little bit of osteo process. I said, how can that happen? No, that can't be there. That's <laughs> the said, wrong. That's client. the wrong person. <laughs> but you know what? We share yeah. the same thing. You've got to have a laugh with it. But yeah. it's reality, you know, sometimes. But it's not worse. denial. It's not denial. Is it? It's, it's not just... denial. It's more about I think we're bumbling along in this really happy state that sometimes something like your legs or my arm will trigger. Yeah. I must be old. Maybe they can do Botox for the arms. Now you're talking. <laughs> for the legs okay, let's Google like that. Immediately. <laughs> so, so oh, that's, I just thought I'd just throw that into our intro because it, we are doing a podcast centred around a certain age Aging. group. And, you know, they say life is but a number, but I believe I change it to life is but an attitude. I agree. Here, here, you know? an attitude. Yeah. And attitude and, and gratitude. gratitude. Yeah. And I know sometimes yeah. that they say that can be a little bit corny, but I actually truly believe that. It is sort of, it's the looking at things positively, looking at things you can't change then we'll just roll with it and deal with it. And you can't. some things that have happened, you've just sort of think, well, that's experience and, and acknowledge the hurt, acknowledge the how you feel at that time, but then go, it's a brand new day. Yeah. And that's your you attitude. You sound like your father. It's a brand new day. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, is a it? brand what new... What is it? <laughs> Wake up and set the world on fire. Don't you love that? Yeah. Wake up early yeah. set the world on fire. If you can world. say that every day, 
wake up and set the world on fire. Yeah. One of our clients. And a brand new day and yeah. a brand new friend that we've made. Yes. So who have we got? We have. <laughs> now it's Grover. Yes, it is. I'm just she calling you Grover. <laughs> Gro- she's groovy. Pink Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> the glasses go on. Hello. So we have Jane Groover, Groover, <laughs> with us today. We start our podcast with an intention to motivate and inspire others and, of course, have a laugh along the way. Well, our next guest, Jane Grover, is a shiny example of this. Jane is an author of two amazing cookbooks, which we have on the table here, one, Naked Food and Our Delicious Adventure. I love that one, just the name in itself. She's adventurous, offers her time to charity, a mother of three, a chef-turned-home cook, wife and is passionate about simple healthy cooking hence the naked food book jane certainly puts her money where her mouth is with cooking classes in her home and garden and of course over the back fence conversations with an afternoon tea with the author so so Let's chat with Jane. Yay. Welcome. Yay. Welcome, Thank Jane. you, ladies. It's so fun to be here. Yeah, it's great. Jane, I love it that with um, storytelling and it's mm. sort of like telling a little story with us, with our yeah. friendship, because yeah. we met playing golf. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and here we are at this next stage of our life. Yeah. For me, it was a learning something new. Yeah. And yeah. and getting friends. So what fun that we've, yeah. that that we've met sort of through golf. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, was that when you first started to learn golf? Yeah. Or, so or? when we moved to Palm Beach, actually, I was just walking mm. past the golf course every day and thinking, hmm, oh, maybe incredible. I should be learning something new. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I had played a little bit of golf with my family as growing up because my father and brothers played golf, you know, and my father very patiently let us go around the course with him and I don't know how he did it, you know, divots, sand buckets <laughs> on steroids, constantly calling people through <laughs> while we're looking for balls. But, yeah, so I've, I've always been a bit sporty and I thought, well, I'll give that a go and I've just loved it. And then friendship community, then we found yes. out that, you know, Jane's just around the, in the hood from us too. Yeah. 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 And then with what you do, so how did you get started with your love of food and tell us a little bit about um, yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, my mum was an amazing cook and we always had the family table was huge. So we we're always around the table, you know, loving our food. And when I was at school, I was actually good at two things, sport and talking. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> Unfortunately, the talking thing didn't really, you know, in sort of make my education. It's good. <laughs> I spent a lot of time out of the classroom, let's just say. And that's it. That's it. Who will who will listen here? I'm not sure. And uh, and yeah, when I fi- when I was finishing school, I was like, what I'm going to do? And I thought, well, I'd like to be a PE teacher. But I'd started coaching tennis as a side hustle and, gosh, it's a terrible thing to say, but the uncoordinated children just did my head in and I thought, do I really want to be a PE teacher because most kids at PE at school don't want to be there, you know? And so I was like, "What what else do I enjoy and am I into? And it was food. It was like, you know, that is something that I'd like to explore more. And fortunately, over the back fence... We actually had our neighbour was running a a catering company and helped me uh, get into an apprenticeship. Another head chef of the Australian club at the time I was babysitting for and he helped me as well and off I went and I was was really grateful. Divine intervention, love that. Yeah, and so grateful that my parents were just open-minded. 
about like the girl from the North Shore who's been to the private school can go into the commercial kitchens, do an apprenticeship, do a trade. It was amazing. Love, love, love it. Amazing. And so that's where it all started. I did an apprenticeship, uh, worked at a couple of beautiful fine dining restaurants in Sydney and then worked as a chef for another five years before I met my love and started having babies. Oh, yeah. that's so beautiful. I love that. It's so, so warmly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, Music to beautiful. our ears too. He's yeah. not my best friend. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, and, you know, sadly, it's a bit rare these days. Yeah, all... yeah. Did yeah. kids waylay you? Like you said you were a chef for yeah. five years. Then you met your beautiful husband yeah. and, so, and had three children. Did you sort of pull back during that time? Yeah, so that's a, right. a really good question, Di, because it it's always a choice, I think, at that it point, is. isn't it, as a, as a woman? Yeah. And I think the other great desire in my heart was always to be a mum because I had wonderful. such mm. a wonderful mum. And wow. so, so it was a setting aside of something because I loved cooking and chefing and it, it's a bit like the fashion music industry. It's just, you know a climb up to greatness really. So I did sort of need to say, well, can I put that aside? And I did. And for probably about 10 years, I put that aside while I had our three children. Wow. Um, I love that conscious, conscious choice. It was a conscious choice. Having it yeah. all, to do that. that was your priority, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And, and also yeah. her mum and her wings, having seen yeah. her mother, how yeah. she read. That's how many right. siblings? So my mum had had four children. Okay, and so four. You, she which, had which been a stay-at-home mum, right. you know, which was probably more accepted. And you wanted that for your children. I did. I wanted, I wanted that input into them, yeah. And then... And then look, you went mad and went, I need to do something. Well, <laughs> well you know, you know. funnily enough, that Sorry husband... Sorry about to the third child. Funnily enough about that husband I love. Um, <laughs> after after my third child went to school, I actually started working. I started working with my husband, and that was probably not the greatest choice. No. It was a pretty boring data entry, accounts payable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Diane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, we were doing yeah yeah we were doing no, more. <laughs> We were doing more arguing than loving at that point. And so so I said to him one day, I said, "Um, can you resign? Can you resign from working for your husband? Yes, you can. And I am. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So I did. Another conscious decision. Uh, Save the marriage. Resign. Resign Where am I going now? Yeah, resign the job rather than the husband. And so. um, Yeah, yeah. And then, amazingly, (laughs) uh, look, my parents were super generous people and I always saw them helping other people. And so, you know, at. At that Beautiful. point, there was a family in our lives whose daughter had had a diagnosis of leukaemia very early on. She was 19. It was just tragic. And I was like, what can I do to help them? You know, I didn't have an abundance of money sitting around to give them, but I thought I can use what I've got in my hand. And so myself and another lady, we did a cooking show at this uh, lady's beautiful home and we ticketed it and we raised all this money for this family. It was the first cooking show I'd ever done. And I just sort of winged it. But but at the end of it, I was like, I was made to do this. Love this what is a great what, what a yeah. great recognition. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Truly. So and between my giving, talking. Yes, <laughs> but by giving you also found your passion. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And give back to yourself. Yeah, and it was a combination of my cooking, my communicating. And you can talk. And my, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Finally, exactly. the talking was getting a role. Yeah. <laughs> I knew we had to have Jane on. <laughs> uh, and also as a parent and just thinking about what you put in your body food-wise and stuff. So 
I started a cooking school from like maybe a couple of weeks later. It was a just cooking like, school. Yeah, yeah. And so how, that was the first. Tell step. us about that. Yeah. Well, that was very simple. I just started in my. Uh, we were living in Narrabeen at the time, and I just started in my home kitchen. Yes. You were a real very goer, aren't put, you? Yeah, too. yeah got it's a little wonderful. website up and just word of mouth and just I ran classes for two years. They were fully booked out, and actually had a couple <laughs> of clients that just kept coming and saying. You should write a cookbook. You should write a cookbook. And honestly, I mean, look, you know, the journey so far, I've not even, there was no business plan to write a cookbook. No. But because I'd run these classes for, you know, two years and I had all these tested recipes and I was like, well, how hard can it be? (laughs) The actual cooking school, was it centred around, I mean, the book's called Healthy Food, Whole whole Foods, or was it more complex sort of recipe recipes yeah, sure. that you were well it was I mean, a bit of both like I'm trying to work the time on how you ended up going down the whole foods yes healthy road okay from the so that was that was yeah I'm thinking cooking's gone thinking lots of souffles yeah yeah, yeah totally, exactly totally yeah. and and it's a great question because it's fine yeah. where do you go from yeah, fine, fine dining, dining to whole foods yeah. and Which very different in. very different mm. so that was really a bit of an epiphany for me around the time I turned 40. Um, I, I actually read a couple of books that were really getting me triggered to think about uh, what I was putting in my body rather than what I looked like on the outside. And uh, one book in particular, which is by a Queensland nutritionist, Changing Habits, Changing Lives by Cindy O'Meara was a big game changer for me. And it was just making really simple changes. Like, so, you know, without condemning the listeners, mm, yeah. you know, things like soft drink being a bit of a dead food for your body and mm. highly processed foods, you know, and looking more at where the food actually came from in its whole form, where it came from, not just as the food, but where, like the farmer and the origin of that and how was it grown and the nutritional level of that. And I just got pretty obsessed by that idea of going back really to how our grandmothers used to cook. And that's how my grandmother cooked and that's how my mother cooked. And it was it was just about not healthy food in the sense of, oh, my gosh, you know, no shaving of your underarms and, and lentil pie and broccoli soup all the time. No, it was actually about... That's right, because it's not... People sometimes have that perception yeah, that you have to sort yeah. of be a real hippie that's to, right. to like this sort of food. Yeah, so, so the cooking school and naked food was... It was actually more about empowering people to cook again and Number to one. think yes. yeah. what were they working with, to cook from scratch. And I, I suppose the byline really was to, to make food, healthy food, taste good. So simple recipes that were healthy but also tasted good because those things weren't really together. There was either complex recipes that were not enjoyable to eat but I feel healthy or like complex recipes that were not that good for me, mm. you know, but they taste great. Yeah. So but what did you come up we, with? So, like so I just tried of... to I tried to go with things like, you know, like a, a beef and bean nachos that people were already eating. But Yum. instead of using a packet highly processed, I, I, love this. I made a spice mm. mix and showed people how to cook that from scratch. Simple, Even quick. like a chicken and leek pie, like making your own really See, that quick. me. Mm. I go, <laughs> my, no, my brain, yeah. honestly, Jane. yeah. I, yeah. I love to cook when I've got time, which is very yeah. rare, maybe once a year. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. My kids would disagree with that. They I like use wishy But I just think, party. 
pastry, yeah. cream sauce, what you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I instantly start moving so away how do you, from what's it. What's a quick sort of yeah. thing? How do you do a quick yeah. chicken and leg pie for God's Simply. sake? Simply. Well, the thing is that, I mean, prep, cooking is a lot about preparation. Yeah. So you can't sort of come home at seven and decide no. what will I have now. Yeah. That's when you get on the phone but (laughs) so it's a little there's a there's preparation involved in it but there's also just reducing the amount of ingredients you put in so chicken and leek pie is literally like chopping up a bit of leek onion some chicken thigh which is better than chicken breast if you're going to cook it just you know coloring that in a in a pan and then you've got some chicken stock and adding that and then using flour and butter as a roux, as a yep. thickening agent, yep. and you end up with like a creamy sauce. Throw in a bit of that seasoning. Easy. And then the good thing is you, you, you pop Have them. I bought the pastry? So you pop them in little like ramekins but so I you only pastry, got a pastry top. So you that? can go one or okay. two. You that can buy the pastry or you can, make or you can yeah. literally make pastry in your food process in 10 minutes. Me. Yeah, no, okay. I don't think I no. will do that yet. So, so, I'm, next, so I'm feeling like I'm, 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 I'm onto that exactly, just with a bit of pastry so on top. Okay, well, I'm feeling like we might have to have a session yep, in my kitchen. Do. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And champagne. We're going to get rid champagne. of chicken and leek and rid of the fear. I'm loving it. Rid of the fear. I was actually on Justine Schofield's Everyday Gourmet Show on Channel 10 a few years ago, and I did the chicken and leek pie. So if you, if you, did you make the pastry on it? Yeah, it's a day. What we can do is play with the gold. That's right. We're going to come around pastry. and then we're going to pop the champagne and then we'll yes. learn from you yeah, in the yeah. diary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm done. just wondering, should we get you guys to do something before we pop the champagne? <laughs> I'm not, I, I think so. I'm sort of feeling like, what? Yeah. I think I you need to give us the prep. chicken and leek slop. <laughs> something like you know, put champagne in it. No, but you know what? I want to empower <laughs> you. <laughs> I want to empower you to feel better about you. You know, a lot of yeah. cookbooks, you look at the picture and you look at what you've made, like Di said, her yeah. slop, yeah. and then you're just discouraged. But yes. but if the recipe works, you can do it just Jane, as good as me. that is so true, yeah. feeling empowered. Because I have to say it? sometimes yeah. I feel nervous and it's in yeah. front of new people. I'll go, oh, yeah. look, I won't cook that because I don't really know. It mightn't work out. So yeah. it's probably easier yeah. if I do something else yeah. that I really know. Or, that is so true. Or order that in they'll pretend I did it. <laughs> I always say to people, when you're entertaining, cook something. Come here, I've done once go, before. Go. Yeah. I think I trained you. <laughs> but that's right. No, cook something that really, you know. Yeah. Cook something you know because people yeah. will love that. Yeah. Well, I'm a dessert girl too. Are there yeah. any simple oh, yes. desserts? Yeah. You're, you're great mm. at desserts. Yes. Kangaroo hops. Yeah, that's what I do make. cook. Oh. Think I'm my place. No food, with kangaroo champagne, hops. but there'll be a dessert. What yeah. kangaroo hops you used to make? Oh, I used to have dark chocolate chip. Um, in it and there was nuts and and um, you know a whole mix plethora of yes. things too and she'd bring them on and the coconut and, oh, Melbourne no. yes. and a thick, thick the chocolate sort of sauce like and like family of eight and here, yeah. <laughs> no, maybe you can bring those okay uh, I'll do that <laughs> In Naked Food, I actually tell the stories of, you know, about a dozen farmers that I went to their farm, stayed with them, watched what they were doing, chatted with them, cooked with them. And I've, I've built a, a myriad of relationships with them now. And like, for instance, an example is I buy all my olive oil, all my olives and my dried figs and a lot of my wine from a organic uh Farm out Canoundra Way, which is out Cowra Orange Way, and I just obviously you don't drive to get. No, the no, groceries. I just order it, order it, order so it online, they bring it, they all deliver online, it. or I yeah. give him a call. Um, wow. and so direct from the farm is what direct you from say. the farm. Love that. Direct from the farm. No middleman. Yeah, no middleman. And okay. look, you know, when you mentioned about butter and flour, yeah. 
hey, there's nothing wrong with butter and flour. What's, okay, there is something that. wrong with margarine. But you know, in our society, yeah. oh, well, flour and you know, gluten and you know, and yeah. Yeah. it comes yeah. with a bit of stigma yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. It? It yeah. Does. yeah, I mean, it's it's just what's happened is that we've we've started thinking more about calories than nutrition. We've started thinking more about calories than enjoying our food. Right. We're, you know, we're, 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 we're guilty about eating something delicious. And that in itself is not great for us going forward because I don't want to live my life eating rigidly and eating specifically so that I can get to the end of my life and say, well, I was a good girl. I want to. Yeah. I want to enjoy my food. I, I want to. Yeah. Oh, you've Jane, got you're refreshing. refreshing. You really yeah. are. And we need more Jane's in the world. <laughs> no, truly. Yeah, we, we No, we yeah. really do because yeah. it's actually sort of like then enjoying the moment, enjoying yeah. it, and sharing it with people. That's right. And you're loving having that good food there. Yeah. You know, like if I go to a farm and I walk in and the the lady has there has baked scones mm. because on the land the rule is that. When you see people walking from the driveway, you put the scones in the oven then, right? The driveway is a 10-minute walk. Wow. The scones take 15 minutes to cook. Out they come. You sit down, have warm scones. She's got the homemade jam. She's whipped a little bit of cream direct from the cow. Am I going to say, oh, look, sorry, um, that's not within the confines of I'm my... I'm gluten-free. You know, I'm this I'm free. free. I'm that free. I'm, I'm, I'm flour-free. You know, I only I'm, eat upside down on I'm Tuesdays. I'm food-free. Like, I don't know. Yes. I yeah. love hearing yeah. this too. So I go a little like... Bit. I'm going to have an experience with this woman right now because I'm going to we're going to gel together on her homemade cooking from scratch beautiful thing we're going to converse we're going to chat we're going to we're going to make a moment here. It's a community. Oh, it's making moments. Make yes. a moment. I love that. And food is about moments. It's so food true. Is and sharing. Food is about moments. It's yeah. not about guilt. It's not about getting hung up on you know legitimately some people have medical issues that they have to sure. adhere by. And we're yeah. not dissing that no. by any means no, at not all. At all. Of not. But, but we're but, talking a general sense. But if you yes. are just like jumping all over the place yeah. with the new diet and the new fad and the new mm. thing, it's like fashion. It's never going to end. Mm. Yeah, that's it's true. never going to wow. end. There's always going to be the new shoes to wear or the new bag to have. Diet Dieting is the same. So I don't talk about dieting. I talk about lifestyle. I talk about how can you have a healthier lifestyle by thinking about what you put in your body, but by enjoying your food as well, you know. And valuing. Yeah, valuing. valuing. Yeah, as you said, whole foods. It's yeah, yeah. You, how did you get from, from, you've got a love of travel, and yes. then you combine this travel one. into Our food. delicious adventure. T- yes. So tell us about that, some so of your exciting. adventures and travel and how you put yeah, that together. Yeah, okay. Well, look, part of the travel started with riding naked food because I really wanted to get out there and meet the farmers and stuff. So it was sort of started off with oh. regional travel. Mm. And then honestly, look, riding naked food, it was such a ride. And when I got to the end of it and then, you know, as people say, writing a book is one thing, selling it, whole different cup of tea. And I was just done. After a year and a half of, like it was three years by the time I wrote the book, published it and flogged it to death to get my money back. Mm. <laughs> I love that, honestly. Um, yes. yeah. I was done. And so yeah. my husband and I decided, we're both self-employed, and so we decided to take three months off. And how do you do that? Well, you sacrifice. You you don't just take three months off and stay in five-star hotels. So we took three months off and we road tripped across the bottom of Australia with our boat and our tent. We did also take our 15-year-old with us. Oh, so was so it was just the two of you? Yeah, so or? with our 15-year-old, our older two had just finished school and they were like happy not to come. Our 15-year-old. <laughs> 15 15 <laughs> See ya! 
Our 15-year-old came on the School of Life and he will tell you now, he's now 24 and married, he will tell you now that he has no regrets about the School of oh, Life. Oh, lovely. I love the School um, So he was there for the full three months? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, uh, and so our delicious adventure came out of that trip because one of the things for me with that trip was I needed to renew my creativity with cooking, with what I was seeing, with the produce I was exposed to. And so we travelled, we camped, we fished, we ate lobsters and squids and things we caught ourselves. We visited farm gates, got all our food, went to farmers markets. And over that period, we just basically lived this simple life out of the boot of our four-wheel drive and a tiny camping fridge. But everything I was cooking was like no recipes, just what can I make with this? And Our Delicious Adventure came out of that trip. And that book is actually the story of that trip with some of my travel photography. And then I worked with the same food team to put all those recipes into a book. Yeah. So what are we talking lizard soup? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you know, we're, we're, talking. we're talking like um, blue swimmer crab and, Ooh, and da- damper. Oh, and me. And we're coming up in the what? Blue swimmer and crab. And were you the favorite. cooking? Yeah. Or were you the queen of the cooking? No, I was the queen of the cooking. Paul was king of the he catching. Was, was okay, king oh, of the yeah, catching. Yeah. He was king of the catching. What about your son? And Jake, who we call the adventurer, he was king of the adventures. He was pushing mm. us beyond our limits. We can climb that hill. Of course we can. I'm running up it. What are you guys doing? What a life adventure to The other kids came over halfway through to to Perth and our older son stayed with us for two weeks and our daughter was fully converted and came home with us in the car. She rang Sydney and put her job on hold. She was at uni and she was only working a part-time job so she just rang them and said, could I have six weeks leave? I've got an opportunity I'm not going to get again. And it birthed in all of us a love to just go and... If the what opportunity was your fa- What was presents. your favourite, how should we say, favourite moment on that? Because that, ju- oh. I don't know about Nicola, but if I know Nicola like I do, are you on Are you on the journey with her? Oh, like, I'm, like I'm in the car, I'm at the you know the farm gate, yeah. all of that. But there's there's got to be one, in, I know there'll be many, yeah, yeah. one that stands out for, for I think I think like the bottom corner of Western Australia was just okay, incredible. Australia, We're talking where, Esperance, Albany, okay, yep, up, all Albany, the way up yep. to the Margaret River. Okay. Just just incredible landscape and no one there because everyone's a barley, you know? So, um, <laughs> and, you, and you know what I love? Here's you've got your, t- your daughter who you'd sort of think university, the last thing she'd probably want to do is hang out with her yeah, folks and do this yeah. sort of like roadie trip. You'd go yeah. to Bali. But yeah, no, yeah. she's just skipped yeah. all that well, she's to learning. hang out. And she I know, but we're cool thing parents. So we're cool cool parents. parents. <laughs> you certainly are. And your son stuck it out for the three months. I know. But even for our son, it was was amazing because he was going into year 11. So we we knew he could miss – he was going to year 10. We knew he could miss a month of school. And the following year he went into year 11 and he met this girl at school who's now his wife. That's beautiful. So we would never have had that opportunity with our son. It's like a grounding moment for him. It was this this window of time. And I think we sort of looked at it and said, you know, a lot of people wait till they retire. A lot of people wait till all the ducks in a row, till they're financially secure. Yeah. But, you know, as we know, sort of diagnosis has come, divorces come, financial hardship comes, and then you spend the rest of your life thinking – that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't do it. And you live in regret. And yeah. it's one of the lines I love is mm. expectation is the thief of joy. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people live mm. and are birthed and then die wishing because and hoping yeah. the possibility yeah. of yeah. And it never does. And you guys 
off we go. Yeah. And you're, you're continuously so, creating it. Yeah. And also, there, wasn't there, what was the quote that your dad, I think I was in one of the books I read something your dad said about two paths? Is there a Oh, there's quote a quote in there. This? I was talking to my English teacher that mm. said that, that Sir Robert Frost, I think, quote, and mm. it's about how two paths diverge. When you, you're coming down through the woods and there's two paths go out and I've chosen the one less travelled. Oh, and and I think that's been our life. We've really <laughs> just swum upstream our whole lives. Like, <laughs> you know, when everybody else is sort of, you know, working full time and killing themselves, I'm a stay-at-home mum. You know, when, <laughs> when everyone else is eating McDonald's and, and stressing and rushing and ordering takeaway, I'm home cooking from scratch, you know. And when everyone else is like thinking, well, we'll go on, we'll be grey nomads, we go, let's give up our jobs for three months and do it now. It's just we've always sort of just gone the road less travel because life's one chance. Oh, Jane. And also you oh, felt like you needed to. That, that, that was You were it. really in tune with yeah. what... Uh, where a where you were at yeah. in your lives, yeah. and b like there was you could sense it, yeah. Like you wanted, made possible a sense of adventure, yeah. That's right, and that's right. So you listened to where a lot of us override that, yeah. And so the smile but on can your I face just say? Can I just say? Please. As we drove out of the driveway, <laughs> we literally actually just like sort of semi wet our pants about what are we doing? Are we doing? <laughs> Throwing caution um, to the wind. That happens more these days, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Take a breath. What are um, we doing? But I, I think that. the thing was that we'd never we'd never really taken a holiday for more than two weeks. And so when oh. we went away for like 79 days. And so it was like after... From four, one extreme to the other. After 14 days, we were like, wow. we were like, we don't have to go back. And I think that die was... Wow. That was like a key was no schedule and every day was a new adventure. Oh, and no freedom. schedule. You're actually living no schedule. freedom. I can't. You don't need a hairbrush if you do it, people. You, nobody will see you. Yeah. <laughs> Jane, were you a little bit of um, rustifying hair? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Actually, funny story. We came back to Sydney and my son had to go back to school. And uh, and we had to go to a parent teacher thing, and we rocked we rocked up to school, and I I just been at the beach because I yeah. was still in denial about getting back into reality. Wow. And I'm in my cosy and a and a throwover, and and we're in the school car park and I said to Jake I'm just going to get changed before we go into the parent teacher interview and he just looks at me he goes mum please don't get changed in the car <laughs> or out of the car go and use the change room <laughs> he was horrified that I the school that. community I might be that. seeing things that only are meant for the outback <laughs> Jane, you know what you are? You're just a walking balance human being because uh, Nick and I driving here today were talking about your association with a charity in Uganda. Yeah. Tell us about that. And so I'm talking about balance, where yeah, a lot of people yeah. are out of balance because I believe in giving and Nick yeah. is the most generous human being on this earth. Wow. By giving, you receive. And yeah. you don't do it for that reason. No. So tell us how you got how you became associated with Sure. A, Uganda, and yeah. B, this particular charity. Well, so with my business, when I went into the second stage of my cooking life, which was the cooking school, which led to the cookbooks and led to me doing a lot of um, live cooking shows and events in big spaces, right? And health and wellness expos, corporate spaces, school spaces. But you know, the day COVID hit, my whole business went down the drain because I couldn't do anything that I was doing before. I couldn't have people into my home, corporate schools, events were done. And I was sitting there just going, right, 
what now? And I must admit, I'd been doing it for 10 years. It wasn't like I was devastated. I was like a little bit like, oh, there's an excuse not to do anything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, at the time, there was this lovely lady, Alice Achan, who is uh, from northern Uganda, and she had started a work many years before uh, in the early 2000s, which I had had connection with through the church that I go to. And Alice came out to Sydney to launch a book that another colleague of mine had written about her life called The School of Restoration. And in a nutshell, it's a work that empowers young girls to be educated and offer maternal health for them because in their culture, once they are with child, they're no longer deemed worthy of educating. And so it's a long story and you should read it, but very confronting on what these girls have had to endure. So Alice came out to Sydney to launch the book with Philippa in March 2020 and uh, 10 days after she arrived, COVID happened. And so the launch and everything was closed. It'd be like you guys setting up your whole podcast thing and then bam, it can't happen. And uh, she stayed for a couple of weeks and then we thought we better get out of here because as you know, the world was closing down and we tried to get her on a plane to get back home. And I'd just been involved with Philippa because of my experience with books. I was just helping them a little bit with the launch and and the day she was supposed to day before she was supposed to fly home Uganda closed their borders and she couldn't leave and she ended up being stuck in Sydney for seven months months. now in that time she stayed with a couple of people um, who looked after her but both of them were working full-time and so she had all these days to spare well funnily enough I had all these days to spare and so I just put my hand up and said I'll look after Alice and I would Take Sounds like a book. So I would take so Alice to my be. place yeah. and we'd cook together. I'd take her up to Barangay Lighthouse and show her, you know, the peninsula. I'd she loved the bush because she was missing home, you know, I'd take her to an, a supermarket where they sold African stuff way out west and just tried to look after her a bit in between and because it was an, an anxious time for her you know her work is sitting over there in Uganda her family's over there and she can't get home and and no one in the world has seen this before and so out of that really came when she finally we got her home in August um, Philippa who wrote the book approached me and a couple of others and said we've formed a team in this time let's let's really go COVID. yeah go let's go on, let's go forward positive stories yeah yeah and so my work with uh, with the charity has just increased since then and uh, I am on the board of directors of the charity in Australia and our our role is really to fundraise but in October last year I went there and oh, exciting. that was that. that was life-changing yeah to see these girls you know when you when you think about what our children have to see these girls just with the little they have how grateful they are and how little that is for us to make that happen for them. Like we're talking about $1,000 a year for them to go to school. And that means boarding school with a uniform, books, two meals a day and, you know, safety and education. And and you, you talk to them and they say, you know, they're in the deepest, remotest part of Africa with nothing. And they say, like, I have a dream for my future. That's you know, I want to be somebody. So as women, it's like, I think it's like the absolute core that we could, you know, support our sisters. These girls have come back from like the atrocities of civil war. Alice just gathered them under a tree and initially she just offered them trauma counselling because she had a social work degree. Mm. And then that led to offering them maternal health because some of them were heavily pregnant and just needed to give birth safely 
to lead to educating them. And now she has three schools, two maternal health clinics, two guest houses. Gosh, it was such a privilege to go there and see see the work. And I took my lovely husband with me because I thought, you know what, I don't want to do this alone. No, good girl. And he just right, he, got he completely it. converted. And now he's researching. He's an engineer, so he's researching into like solar power and internet and to get the computers for them because at the moment they're still learning out of you books. You are really yeah. changing lives yeah. and yeah. talk about making a difference. Go, Jane. Uh, and look, well, you know, well, my well, parents, my parents mm. were giving people. They taught me to give. They, yeah. You know, my father would say the more you, the more you have, the more you want, yes. you know, and you can't look at other people and say, the look, more you, have, the more you, you know, want. If, if that guy over there, he's got all that money, he should be giving that to the poor. But it's all relative. It is all, yeah, it it's is all relative. Very, I agree. One thing I love about doing this podcast is people that are giving back to, to society, giving back to communities. And honestly, I see so many spokes of the wheel with you, Jane. Mm. And I, just lastly, if you had a choice of anyone in the world to meet over the back oh. fence, anybody in the world, who would they be and why would they I'm going to make you cry oh. when I say this because, I mean, <laughs> I'll probably make myself cry. Oh. But, you know, years ago I would have cho- chosen a celebrity but two years ago, I lost my mum. Oh, Jane. And I lost my dad when I was 20. So if I could have anyone living over the back oh. fence from me right now, it would be my parents. Wow, how beautiful. Oh, how beautiful. To glean yeah. from everything that they um, ha- have taught me and, and could teach me. Oh, Absolutely. Jane. I'm sorry. No, but that's... No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'll tell you what, Jane, they would be so proud of you uh, yeah. and the legacy yeah. you're living through, like the legacy that they yes. gave you so that true. gift yeah. and your dad's attitude yeah. and your so mum and then you're living it yeah. and then you're yeah. sharing it through your children and then yeah. to everyone else and it's going yeah. and it's going globally It's going too, global. from Uganda to that so... Guaranteed and energetically they're around Sort of touch out. We were I've got very to get close a t- t- you, get the, you get the <laughs> tissue. You, you Mother hand that one. <laughs> <laughs> Turning back the clock, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Yes. You've lived this long on planet Earth and yeah. we're still learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what yeah. would you right yeah, now, you if you had any advice to oh. give the 20-year-old Jane, what would it be? It would be really simple. It would be just one day at a time. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we need to not worry about tomorrow so much. You know, tomorrow will come, but every day has highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Every Like someone said, like every 24 hours has increments of trouble in it. But one day at a time, don't – most of the stuff we worry about never happens. Oh, okay. So I would just say to myself, one day at a time. Oh, that's just yeah. cold, isn't and it? And that's <laughs> the, that, that, the essence of that is being present. Yes, moments. Yeah, in that, in that moment, appreciating yeah. where you are right yeah. now, like I am – with Nicker and you yeah, being present. We are, we're here. Well, I'll tell you what, what this a joy. moment today what a joy. has been one of the best moments <laughs> I've had for a long time. Yeah. Seriously yeah. sharing Incredible it with you Jane. and I'm so glad we've been here with everyone else. Thank, Thank you. you. And I think Jane, we love you. We do, we love you. Thank you, you. Thank you, Thank you ladies. It's just, yeah, just been joyous. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Well, next Monday. Can't wait. We can't wait to have everyone on board one more time to Over the Back Fence. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And don't forget to rate and review. And how many stars, Daddy? Mm, this week, <laughs> this week, 
Why not 10 out of 5? 10 out of 5, okay. <laughs> I reckon reach for the stars, but thanks for listening and don't and forget follow to follow. Us. That's yep. so important. If you love the podcast, follow. Yep. Really appreciate it and look forward to chatting with you soon. 